Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we're the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. That's a place of mind, body, spirit, fitness, coaching, and nutrition where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, we have somebody who's helping overcomers all the time, and she is an overcomer herself. Lee, guys, she's an author. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a healer. She's got workshops. She's got books. She's got a podcast. She's got an upcoming retreat up in upstate New York. So all you New Yorkers, listen in. And I can't wait to welcome Lee to the show. So Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank great you. to be here. Uh, yeah. It's great to have you here. You know, I first found you because I was looking for retreats like what you offer. And I was like, who is this amazing woman? And then just some of the, I mean, as we talk about some of these books, I, I love the titles. I love what they're about. The, the fearless path, overcoming toxic emotions. I can't wait to talk about that. Mm. A spiritual journey for women. I know that you have quite a history yourself, uh, a history that you had to overcome. So you not only have the education, but you have the most important kind of education. You have life experience. And uh, so, Lee, if we could, can we do a little kind of CNN version as to what's inspired you to be who you are today, helping so many people? Can we do a little history on Lee? Would that sure. Be okay? Sure. And just before we get too far, I was trying to send you a little chats, Leah, not Lee. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. All right, Leah. Yeah. Thank I you. just want to make thank sure you, you for, said it correctly. Yeah. Thank you for the proper. Yeah. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. So why it's been important for me on my healing journey. Is that your question? Yeah. Well, what I'd really like to do is if we could um, just a little history on yourself, which I think that your history has probably inspired you to be the, yeah. the teacher and the mm -hmm. counselor that you are today to so many people, you know, so if you yeah, will. so, uh, you know, there's a term called the wounded healer, which I think a lot of us who fall into this category are, and that's certainly true for me. I had a lot of uh, traumas, some of them big T traumas, some of them small T traumas, you know, throughout my childhood and early adulthood. And it was through the process of trying to really just, uh, you know, come back to center and be able to function healthily that I sought out uh, different resources for myself in order to actually heal. You know, I tried a lot of the traditional things to work with anxiety. I had an eating disorder. I was raped. I had an aunt who was murdered. My parents were divorced the same year, you know, other difficult situations within the family unit, as a lot of people do. And I just came to a point where I couldn't, um, you know, I didn't feel good. I didn't want to be here. I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy life. I was overcome with anger, fear, anxiety, all of it. So in the, in the seeking for my own, um, healing, I became the teacher. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's the best kind, you know, Leah, I have, uh, some experience with addiction. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, our Overcomers podcast was created for a reason. Uh, we started a business after a decade of my incarceration, which Cindy went through with me. And that incarceration was a result of addiction. And uh, I'm going to say that the addiction may have been a symptom of just 
trying to overcome some emotions from my childhood. So I share all that to just say that we're kindred spirits. That being said, what can you tell people about overcoming such things as rape and eating disorders and addiction? Can you, can you say that you kind of came up with like a revelation that helped you with all of it? Or was it like a separate, like, I'm going to tackle this one and I'm going to tackle this. And, you know, can we kind of just hear a little bit about, you know, yeah, um, it's a good question. It's, you know, kind of a big question, I guess, in the sense that I think it's both. I think that there's some times where we have to target one specific part of what's going on and kind of hyper-focus there and provide ourselves with as much support, both physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, mental to um, face the particular challenge. However, I think at large kind of ongoing, there's, you know, the umbrella that kind of um, shadows all of our history, all of our pain points, all of our woundedness, all of our characteristics and personalities, and those tendencies that we have that we've learned in order to cope or to avoid or what have you. So I think we always have to be attentive to those at the same time. And it sounds like a lot of work. And sometimes it is a lot of work, you know, but it's not such heavy lifting that, um, I mean, it's, it's possible for anyone to do, but I think the missing piece for a lot of people is they don't either know where to start or they get overwhelmed in the process of healing itself, you know? And so in, in my latest book, Overcoming Toxic Emotions, the whole idea is to help a person really distill down where's the pain points, where's the repetitive pattern, how is this pain vibrating with a certain energy, thought, you know, behavior, so forth with the other thing in your life that you're drawn to or attracting or repeating, and how can we shift that? So, you know, just to try to offer a little bit more of a simple plan. Mm-hmm. Leah, uh, did you yeah. go ahead? Yeah, yeah. I was, did you, were you in therapy? Like, did you start at a younger age going to see a therapist? And is that how you began your process of, of trying to conquer each one of these things? Yeah, I had gone to therapy, um, at different times for short periods of time, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think a couple of times for the anxiety and then a couple of times after the rape incident and a couple of times during the parents' divorce, you know, as you do kind of that support. And I think talk therapy can be very helpful. Um, and for some people life, life-changing. I also think that talk therapy can be very um, isolating, you know, we're just using our mind to kind of try to understand things. A lot of times it's hard to access our more vulnerable issues. Um, Mm -hmm. and we don't want to feel those things again, you know, so our minds can be very sneaky, you know, how we try to sidestep what's really going on. So, um, I actually, a lot of my clients, you know, what they say to me, their feedback about my work, this is different than I guess my personal, um, journey, but, many of them have been in traditional therapy for many years and it was able to take them to a certain point, but then where do we go after that point? You know, and I think the work of looking at our emotional health and our energetic status and kind of our, our programming, our patterns is that next step. I can't wait to talk more about that. I've been getting into that a lot in this, uh, these past couple of years. Um, before we do, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit. I, I'm sure that some of those things you went through in life, um, 
they led to some depression, right? Usually there's depression associated with addiction and things such as that. And I have to admit that we're talking about something that's near and dear to us. Uh, we have a daughter who was assaulted and she shared it in a book already. So that, you know, struggling with depression and whatnot. What would you say to those that are uh, struggling with depression from past experiences? Is there a path that you can help them to get on, even as they're listening today, that uh, helps to helps people to shift if they're in that state of depression or state of those emotional struggles, as you might say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's what I mean with the book. It's a very simple kind of three-step process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the main thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the main thing, well, not the main thing, but one of the big components about something like depression, which feels all pervasive, we have to remember that that depression is either triggered by or triggering some other former experience or feeling. And so as long as we stay connected and engaged in the story of why we feel the way we feel, it's going to be very hard to get out of feeling the way we feel. And so the first chapter of the book is about breaking up with blame. And I know it sounds very simple and we all talk about it, but truly, you know, when we can pull our energy, our focus, our, our mental perspective and our emotions back to self away from what happened, why it happened, who did it, who done it, you know, the whole story and have everything self-contained within ourselves to actually tend to the feeling that we have, then we have the opportunity much, much more easily, much more accessibly to change. Now, when we pull all that back and we're releasing the storyline or the, the who, what, why, and when we have to then become so accountable and so honest and, and brutally truthful with ourselves of, you know, where this pain is matching a former belief pain or, um, you know, understanding about ourselves. Because often when we have, for example, a low self-esteem, or if we have experienced shame in our life, or if we don't feel lovable, or if we have a history of feeling afraid, or we don't belong, or we don't know our place here or our purpose, when an event happens or experience happens, then we, you know, feel the pain, then we're in the repercussions of that pain. And now all of a sudden that dark, negative, or low feeling is resonating with an emotion or belief that we've had for a long time that we've just either been ignoring or trying to, you know, brush it under the rug or, or whatever. So that's why it becomes difficult to change. And, you know, we're talking about addiction. One of the favorite lines in my book, I use it with all my clients is I'm addicted to pain, but I'm committed to feeling better. It doesn't matter what the pain is. It doesn't matter what we use to satisfy the pain point. And the same is true within our emotional body. If someone's used to feeling put down, bullied, small, ugly, little, you know, stupid, uh, whatever they're used to feeling, whether they've been told those things or they've just come to believe those things, then they're going to resonate with all the other emotions that feel low and heavy and dark and difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we can have quote, an excuse to feel the depression or to feel whatever, and now we're putting all of our energy on that reason and that story of why we feel that without looking at the underlying root issues of how we've already been feeling, it's going to be difficult to change. So 
with traumas, with experiences, with breakups, with, you know, jobs, relationships, what have you, we can focus on those things as they are today. But if we don't look at what's really going on, on in the undercurrent, then we're just still kind of, you know, patching problems. Now you mentioned, so, you, as soon as you said that word resonate, you know, what we'd be resonating with if we're, you know, going to this state, I'm thinking about this energy healing and, you know, how you said that this talk therapy can take you so far. And then, you know, you alluded to the energy healing. And for those of our listeners that, you know, don't really know what all that is. Can you explain a little bit, uh, you know, about energy therapy or energy healing, if you will? Yeah. And, and I don't want to also, I also don't want to mislead anyone to say that it's only energy healing. That's the other, that's the, you know, supplement to talk therapy. Right. It's one of the many things, but when I think of energy healing and emotional healing, um, and also physical healing, you know, there's great, um, there's great impact that happens with somatic body learning. Like, you know, even somatic therapy, there's a lot of somatic therapies, the mind body therapies, movement therapies, Alexander technique, emotional freedom technique, tapping, you know, there's so many different things we can do, but energy um, healing is basically, um, it can be several things depending on the type of energy healer and work that you get, but it can be very relaxing and calming and restorative for the body, which sometimes our central nervous system and, and just the patterning of our cells and tissues needs before we can even access the deeper, you know, darker emotions underneath. So in that way, it can be very helpful and therapeutic. Um, it can also help to open the channels of energy. We are energy. You know, everything is energy. Everything contains energy. Everything's energetic. We are energy. And when we're doing energy healing, it's basically helping support the body to shift into a new pattern or a program that will support the optimal open flow of our life force of our chi of energy throughout our whole system. And so physically, we know what that does for us. It gives us more oxygen ourselves. It gives us more, you know, physical energy to go about our day. It makes us feel open and free in space. And the same thing happens emotionally and in our, that kind of etheric or auric body, auric field of our system. We want openness and freedom and, um, you know, optimal movement so that things can enter and things can exit. And we're always in that flow state. So often what happens when people, for example, let's say, um, let's say someone has chronic anxiety, right? They're going to shut down at least one part of their body, if not three or four parts of their body. And every time they get afraid, they're shutting down, they're constricting, right? And so now the body starts to learn, oh, this is the, what, this is what we do. This is how we hold our emotions. This is how we respond to life. This is how our energy should feel. And every time there's a potential threat or, you know, the repetitive negative thought pattern looping or whatever, your body and your energy is going to respond that way. And that's how we start developing um, you know, what people would call blocked chakras or energetic suppression, you know, that kind of thing. Event and, and seeing as that's part of our whole matrix, our whole field and body system, uh, it, it affects us and our body affects it. So every, we're always in flux, but ideally we want 
our energy system, our emotional body, our cells, our physical body to all be open and to be in a flow state. Does that make sense? No, that makes good sense. That makes good sense. Okay. You know, and, and for those that are listening, they're like, what's all this energy talk? You know, it's undeniable that everything is energy, right? That we're all energy, right? Uh, it's, it's good to just kind of graduate to that perspective. And then from there, my next question is, how do we assess our energy? How do we know if, you know, we have blocked chakras or, uh, you know, I mean, how do we just, how do we yeah. investigate this? I mean, it's easy to investigate your body, right? Oh, I'm restricted here. I should stretch my shoulder, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and sometimes I- those physical restrictions mimic themselves in the emotional and the energetic field for sure, you know, but this isn't, this is how and why holistically everything plays into the next thing, you know? So mm-hmm. we sit and we listen to our body. We practice our intuition building. We meditate, we go internal, we become quiet and still and learn how to just be and start noticing, you know, different temperatures temperatures in our body, different uh, feelings physically in our body, um, different cravings we have, different colors that we're drawn to. There's information all the time. We're, you know, we're such a complex, miraculous machine, you know, so we're always getting messages and information. The problem is we're so distracted doing all the stuff that we've made up, you know, in our lives that we've forgotten how to know ourselves. So, Um, you know, I would say all of those practices are a great, great place to start. And then of course there are people like myself and, and I'm not, um, you know, I don't want to, um, how do I say this? You have to be careful about who you find and choose in this industry, because Mm -hmm. especially anymore in the self-care world, you know, everyone wants to be a guru. Everyone wants to be the healer. Everyone's selling crystals. Everyone's telling you what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are some very gifted and talented shamans and healers and readers and, um, you know, alternative therapists that are very helpful. And like for myself, I do a chakra reading and almost every session I do just not to try to fix anything, but as a way to look at the subtle body of like a diagnostic tool of what's going on that either this person can't tell me or that they can't feel, or, you know, they've forgotten. Right. So, so I would do that for a person. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so I I know about some of this work that you do, because I've been reading about you now there's there's lectures and there's books, but it sounds like you work with people one-on-one or uh, in small groups or how does that work? Yeah, all of the above. I mean, I've been doing this for over 25 years, so it's always been a history of one-on-one clients, events, groups, retreats, media. You know, I just, I love to teach. I love to help people. I don't promote my one-on-one work so much because I'm not, you know, my, I don't feel like my purpose and my aim was ever to be a full-time therapist, although I have done that. So now I'm much more focused on, you know, larger groups and, and teachings and, and events and so forth, but I do still work with people and I even do it virtually. So I have people all over the world that I, um, you know, that I coach, help heal, what have you. So you can do a a chakra assessment virtually or. Yes. Really? Oh, that's well, yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, you know, the, the person has to, of course, be open and willing. And, um, you know, I think always I'm just a very visual and tactile person. Mm -hmm. So for me, I prefer in person all the time, not just with one-on-one sessions, but 
even, you know, in media, I prefer to be in front of an audience. When I'm teaching, I prefer there to be people. When I'm spending time with someone, wouldn't you prefer to be next to them right. instead yeah, of staring just, at them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the world sure. has certainly been crazy this past year. We're oh, right. you know, yeah. differently. Yeah. So, yeah. But I do, I do offer that service virtually as well. And that's awesome. That's awesome. So I, I'm with you and I get this assessment and, uh, you know, I mean, or anybody, if you want to start to meditate and just kind of tune into your body, as you said, um, let me ask you this, what are some of the best practices that you help people to discover to optimize their energy? You know, to, I mean, maybe you mentioned some of them when you were talking about meditation, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I want to meditate more. I'm terrible at it. I, I'm yeah. always going hundred miles an hour. Uh, and I'm trying to just slow myself down, but what are some of those best practices that you give people to, to help with their energy and, and help them vibrate at better levels? You know? Well, you know, it's hard because each person is so different and unique. And this is what there's, um, there's a term that I talk about a lot and I'm about to do it on my podcast about toxic positivity. So it's not just like a diet menu of here's what I can do to vibrate higher. And we want that because we want the quick fix. We want, you know, the solution we want what it is. The organic process of it is really about, I mean, we can do some things like you can choose to eat a healthier lunch today. It's going to help you vibrate higher. You know, if you eat greasy, crappy food, you're going to feel greasy and crappy. If you eat clean, healthy foods, you're going to feel clean and healthy, right? The same is true with everything that we take in, everything that we experience and our thoughts and emotions. So a lot of people are really, you know, looking at the superficial part of, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing my yoga. I'm going for a run. I'm eating really good. You know, I'm listening to the uh, high vibe music or I'm meditating, but they're not going in and going, well, why do I still talk like crap to myself? Why do I still beat myself up? Why do I self-sabotage? Why do I hate my mother? Why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like everybody's out to get me? They're not going there. And they, there's this belief that if we go there, that we're going to get stuck there. And so I think, you know, what's transformative about my work with people is that I take people there and, and be there with them and show them that this is not the scary place. This is the place where we actually get the most done. This is where the juice really comes. This is where we learn to sustain a higher and better feeling. This is where we learn self-confidence. This is where we learn to trust ourselves. This is where we learn to tap into and build a relationship with source energy. This is the place. It's mm -hmm. not just all these other areas. And so when a person realizes that and that they have a safe person to go there and start rebuilding their life, now they're on the path to changing their, their, their projected, his, you know, future, mm -hmm. um, and change and not change their history, but, you know, overcoming their history. So I think that's, what's really exciting for me. That's awesome. So I I'm going to talk about something just for, for the listeners, <laughs> because you mentioned something about like, as an example, why, you know, why do I hate my mother? And, and then we're, we're talking about vibrations. Are you familiar with power versus force by David Hawkins? I am somewhat familiar with it, but you could maybe speak clearer on it than I. Yeah, I was just, I guess the, the point for the listeners was that he talks about these different levels, right? And that we understand that hate is a low vibrational level, right? And that like our goal, you talked about getting in touch with source energy. Okay. And so if we were to just talk a little bit about, since we're 
talking about overcoming toxic emotions and things such as that. Um, if we were to talk about examples of what it, what kind of uh, almost like state of being that you're in when you're in low vibrational energies versus, you know, evolving into those higher vibrational energies. I, I know in that book, uh, you know, David Hawkins uses, uh, I think you might even use St. Francis or Mother Teresa or Jesus right, as right. an example of a higher vibrational being, you know. Uh, so um, could you just give our listeners a, a, a little bit of an example of like what it's like in mood and attitude and things such as that to be a low vibrational being versus as you begin to confront these emotions and overcome, as you said, overcome these emotions, what it's like to vibrate at higher levels? Because Maybe you don't understand right now as you're listening. Right. Well, yeah, why do yeah. I want to do anything about my energy? You know, you know, like or what? What, is, yeah. what kind of energy do I have? You know. Yeah. Right. So a lower vibration feeling would often be, um, you know, like fear is a great low vibration energy that a lot of people know. And so when we're in fear, what happens? We hold our like we feel held back or we hold ourselves back, right? And it's everything kind of becomes shrouded feeling. And that is a, um, a lower vibration that is going to really let us see and manifest the world reality around us from that same vibrational standpoint, right? Anger, resentment, uh, anger, like all of these feelings are rational feelings. Same as what I talk about in the book, toxic emotions, these lower vibrational emotions, they're all rational and valid and good to have because they are emotions that we need to have in our life. But when we hold on to them and they go unprocessed and we, you know, store them away or try to hide them, that's when it becomes a problem. So let's take fear and anger and resentment. Those are some very low vibrational feelings. And when we are in that feeling, everything within us, ourselves is vibrating at a lower, denser, heavier level, right? I mean, it just feels, it's that same feeling imagine if you're having like a panic attack and you can't move, you know, it's literally paralyzing sometimes a higher vibrational feeling. And, and some people are scared of these words. Um, but a higher vibrational feeling would be vulnerability, compassion, freedom, um, openness, joy without the grip of, you know, those ideas, like I can't be happy or I don't have what it, like just pure love, compassion, right? So when we're in those states, we're in a surrendered, open, energetically open and available, whoops, available state of being. And when we're that way, we, there's so much space space in this higher vibrational way we we emit stronger like air like waves almost you know and we attract the similar to us but most importantly all of the cells all of the water all of the information in our body is clear and lighter and supporting us forward up expansive right so when i think of lower or negative toxic vibrational feelings, it's very constricted. And when you think of the higher vibrational feelings like compassion and vulnerability, even though a lot of us are scared of being vulnerable or compassionate, when we get there and we surrender to it, it's very 
open and expansive. So that's the main difference. You just said so much. You just said so much. And there was like so many gems that I, I really want people to have, you know, like, for example, you were talking about this is the energy that we attract, right? That, you know, everybody hears about the law of attraction. It's actually quite simple. We attract who we are, right? And, you know, when we talk about vibrating at higher levels or lower levels. So here's a, here's an example. Like, you know, we, we all know the people that walk into the room and everybody'd like to leave, right? Because <laughs> they're pretty angry and resentful and this and that. And then there's people that walk into a room and babies are suddenly calm or, you know, wild animals are tame or, you know, everybody's just kind of happy because they light up the room. And this is the type of person that I think if you're in a normal state of mind, this is who you want to be, right? This is who you want to be. So the, the challenge becomes to, uh, to those of us that are maybe hanging on to anger and hanging on to resentment is to move from that place where we're at and move into that, that better place. Because when we're feeling lighter and the energy that you just described, uh, I mean, let me ask you this, how much of my physical health is tied to that? How much of like, if I'm got that dense, restrictive emotion or energy that you were just talking about versus at the higher level in your experience and in what you believe from your education and everything else that you've gone through, all the people that you've worked with, would you, would you tie uh, disease or feelings of illness or any of that to the lower vibrational levels? Sometimes. Yes, sometimes, but not every time. And also what I want to say when, when, in response to what you just said is I think our biggest challenge is to not judge this. It's right. not a judgment of I'm higher and better right. and you're lower and worse. Mm -hmm. We are all flawed, wounded people that come from a variety of histories from wounded people themselves, you know? And so there are some people, I think just, um, a lot of different reasons. They're dosha. If you study Ayurveda, you know, what's their body type? What's their personality type? What kind of heat are they emitting from their body? What kind of facial expressions have they learned in their household? You know, there's a lot of things that we uh, take as indicators of good and bad and safe and unsafe and, you know, so forth. Right. And so I hear you and I agree. Yes. There's a, there's a certain type of person that might walk in the room and we go, Ooh, I don't want to be around that person. There's another person that goes, Ooh, I want to be around that person. However, if we, we need to look at it deeper, it's not so superficial meaning, for example, um, you know, when I was felt very high vibrating, very high in my life, I met a person that I was very attracted to that was not vibrating very high in their life right now. So you can't look and just go, oh, well, vibrating high, not vibrating high. There's no connection here. No, we have to look below that. And that's what my book is all about. It's about looking at your emotional imprint and your base level of where you are magnetized back to the pattern and the, the imprint that you have had formed when you were young with all of the information that's attached to that. And that's your state until you do a, I don't know if we can swear on here, but a shit ton of work <laughs> to, make, to make that, you know, to do your healing work. Right. Mm -hmm. So even for myself, after doing 30 years of healing work, after, you know, being a, at the highest points of my life, I was still attracted to someone that wasn't at a high vibration and they would admit that. Right. Mm -hmm. So why is that? 
because different factors and, and my current situation, because of fears that, you know, come in because there was a familiarity to my old imprint that I was attracted to. And, you know, th there's so many different reasons. So I, I do think that there is a match for sure. When we're talking about law of attraction, mm -hmm. that eventually we will either match with the person, you know, but that's not necessarily a superficial match. Mm -hmm. And that what we resonate deep within us is what forms the match. It's not mm -hmm. just what we've been doing the past month, you know? Yeah. So we, we have to stay aware of our roots. We got to dig deep if we really want to, if we yes. really want to, you know, change Grow from that place. Yeah. Level. Yeah. So yeah. good. So good. So, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, um, if is there an order of your books, like if, if you were to recommend um, for someone that has gone through similar situations as you, trauma, uh, drug addiction, you know, uh, what, what order would you have them read your books? Um, you know, I think that the starting with the latest overcoming toxic emotion is probably a good idea because it kind of. I think it, you know, will pique a lot of interest. And then for those people who are either really interested in the energy work or having trouble breaking out of fear and anxiety and moving forward, feeling unstuck in their life. I mean, the fearless path is great too. The fearless path is really full of like symptoms, physical and emotional symptoms that will present themselves according to each chakra and energy center. And that, it gives us a way to know where to maybe focus first, you know? So some people go, well, I don't know what's going on in my life. Like, well, okay. Flip through these chapters and look at the symptoms list and see what, you know, what you're struggling with the most. And it also has meditations in it and crystals and oils and, and a lot of stories, you know, from clients. Mm -hmm. So if that's, if that's really interesting, but I think just overall, like understanding this deeper psychological thing of what happens in us, how can I access this, this, uh, part of me really quickly and then make a change overcoming toxic emotions is the one. Mm -hmm. I love it. But the uh, fearless path would be the one where we can find symptoms and connect it, yeah. right? Uh, just to, yeah. okay. And the and, spiritual journal for women is good anytime. And it's for men too. The, the publishers just wanted to market it to women, but whatever. Okay. So spiritual, <laughs> yeah. spiritual journal for women, does that allow you to, uh, you kind of do thought provoking questions in there and then uh, women get to women or men get to journal about it or. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a combination of prompts and practices and meditations and mantras and you know, just different things to, there's five different chapters. And so it takes you, it take you several weeks or months to finish the journal. If you did, you know, a section each day. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice journal all about gratitude and acceptance and finding your higher self and, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's really nice. It's awesome. There's just so much yeah. to be learned from you. I wish that we could all, that we could do it in a single episode. <laughs> Obviously we can't. Um, that being said, how do people get to engage with you? What is the best way if someone wants to uh, look up for one of your retreats uh, to just follow you or whatever the case might be? Well, everything is on my website, leahguy.com, L-E-A-H-G-U-Y.com. And my social media is at Live for Instagram and Facebook. Um, I also do have a new podcast, but I, I try to list all my events on Instagram and on my website. So Okay. Yeah. And what's Hopefully the name of your new podcast? The Modern me? Sage Podcast. The Modern Sage. All right. So for all you listeners that are enjoying what you're hearing today and would like to dive deeper, 
check out the Modern Sage, check out Leah's website. Leah, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and just sharing all your knowledge and all your wisdom. Uh, We really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on and good luck to both of you. Thank Thank you. you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.